This is the last week of a six-week series we've been in called Vision Seekers. How many remember what the series is about? Like, yeah, like you have to like lift your hand to actually know, for me to not read your mind, like to actually, okay. <laughs> I'm just playing with y'all. So we've been studying Joseph. Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph. Genesis, Joseph. Joseph, the egotistical man who had a vision who said his brothers would bow down to him and they thought he was just controlling narcissist. But it was so different than what they thought. And so this is the last week. I didn't think we were going to get through it without... November 14th, interrupting it. Can I say that? I didn't say that out loud. And it's finishing right before next week. And there's a baby coming and it's finishing before the baby. I didn't think we were gonna get through the six weeks. And God's so good. We're getting through the finish line of vision seekers. This has been on the whole story of Joseph. So to give you a quick 10 second recap of five weeks of preaching, Joseph had a vision way back in the wheat fields that his brothers would bow down to him one day. And they thought he was cocky and jerky and they threw him in a cistern and then they decided not to kill him and they threw him into slavery instead. He became rich, wealthy, and in control and ended up feeding them later from starvation. Pretty good, isn't it? You, just look, you could have saved five weeks with just the 10 second right there. <laughs> Doesn't mean it would sink in. Anyway, last week of vision seekers. You know, to, to grow a church, you have to have vision. Debbie, you said something so good. You go, I see the vision. I see the vision too. We're like Joseph. So the idea is if we, and, and there's other Josephs in here, and I don't mean like literally like Joseph, but, but like it, when everybody comes together with the vision, oh man, it's different. The mission becomes active, alive. Because I'm not attending church anymore. I'm seeing what God is going to do down the line by what I'm planting now. I'm seeing what God is going to do down the line before I even ever start to dig. Before I even get out on the field, I already know what God will do if I'm faithful to his promise. That's what a vision seeker does. They believe the end from the beginning, and they don't worry about the in-between. They just keep going. And when doubt drifts in, they keep going. Remember there was a part where Joseph was in the dungeon and they had to pull him out to shave him, to put him in front of Pharaoh because he had been in captivity in the dark dungeon. And so he got put in front of Pharaoh, the head of Egypt, and became second in command. In that moment, he had to decide. Everybody else is saying, I'm getting this promotion that God has put in front of me, but what am I saying? Will I allow myself to go from dungeon to governor? And so you have to believe that God will use you because he will when you don't restrain yourself from being used by God. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21. There's a little bit in between here, between last week and this week that I had to, I'll just give you some context. We ended last week with Jacob, the father of Joseph and the other 11 brothers, finding out that Joseph was not dead like the brothers had told him. This is the hard part with series. If you don't know the whole story, it's kind of confusing. But basically, the brothers had told originally, that the, told the father back in Canaan that, that he had died when really he was alive. And then it had been so many years that when he delivered food from the famine, they, the Joseph finally wept and he broke and he said, I'm your brother Joseph and you don't even recognize me no more because you've pushed me away for so long that now I'm the governor and you don't even know I'm the one that's feeding you, the one you rejected back in the, in the field. And so they go back and they finally tell Jacob he's alive when Jacob thought he was dead. So Jacob's so excited. By the way, Jacob's also called Israel. 
That's where Israel came from. It didn't come from the government declaring Israel back in the 40s. It came from God when he renamed a man Israel because he would become a nation. That's where Israel came from. And so after this, some time had passed and Jacob finally got to go to Egypt and see Joseph for himself after years of thinking he was dead. And so now up into this passage, uh, Jacob has passed away just in his old age. He knew Jacob was alive and well, and he just, he passed away from old age. And that's where we're leaving off now. All that time has passed since last week. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong things we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. How many know they faked his death in the beginning? They lied. How many know they weren't the most honest brothers? They, 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 they took his coat that his dad gave him and they covered it in blood and said a, a wolf or a sheep got him. I don't, I'm not a sheep, a bear, something with, with ferociousness got him. I don't remember which, what it was, but they lied once. And so now check this out. They go to Joseph because they're scared because he has power now and he's the one that's been feeding them from Egypt. He says, so they went to Joseph with the word saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, he wept. Are y'all catching what they just did? They lied again. So they were so afraid that Joseph would go back to the way it was in fear because of what they had done to him, that he would, he would um, punish them with power. And so they fabricated this horrible story that they said their own father who's passed said. I mean, there's a lot of like shadiness in this. It's not only deceptive, but they're deceiving based on somebody else who's not even, it's their dad and he's not even around anymore. So they told this to Joseph and he wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him saying, we are your slaves, they said. Now, isn't this funny? They threw themselves down before him when what happened in the dream back in the wheat field, way back in the day when happy days was still on. Anybody know? They bowed down before him. Ooh, that's like prophetic, like it came to pass. Y'all seeing it came to pass. If God planted it, it will come to pass. That's what that says. Doesn't know how, how long or what it looks like. They never thought it would be Joseph as governor of Egypt, but it came to pass the dream that Joseph had. So that's really cool. But Joseph said to them, verse 19, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Remember hum humble was Joseph. Remember weeks ago, he told Pharaoh, I can't interpret this, but God through me can. He always gives the credit to God. The moment you stop giving credit to God and you take it for yourself is the moment you start declining in your walk towards sin. The moment you, you feel like it's all you, that your strength is no longer bigger than yourself, you'll start to feel weak. That's why Jesus says, uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, because the moment we think we can carry it 
when Jesus was all along and he lets go of that thing for a minute to let you see what you really got, you're not as strong as you think because, because you aren't meant to carry something only God can carry. You with me? Come on, somebody, you awake? Amen, somebody, okay. Just a, woo, you see we got a scoreboard over there? Anybody notice? It's seven to five. I have no idea, but we said, let's turn it on and put it in church today. And we were trying to like do like a bullhorn, like like halftime. There isn't one, just this really high pierced noise that drove Nalani crazy during worship practice. But we thought, yeah, we'll just turn it on and really confuse some people. So we got a scoreboard. Maybe that's like uh, good things preached, uh, things that need work. Five, seven things good. The pastor said five things that need touch up. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, where was I? Back to the message. He says, am I in the place of God? He always gives it back to God. Verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, which is saving many lives. So more context to this story, that because they threw him in the cistern, sold him into slavery, and dipped his coat in some blood, he is now feeding Egypt and everybody around with some food, saving lives, including his brothers. You see that? So he said right there, it's all good. Thank you for blessing me by trying to hate on me. Any haters, anybody got haters out there? You can say thank you because every time you hate on me, God blesses me. So God bless you. You can thank them because they're blessing you and they don't even know it. It's good. If you endure persecution, the Bible says rejoice. We can do that. We can rejoice. 21, he says, though, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So here it is again. They're, they're nervous about his, his genuineness. So they fabricate a lie to, to shield themselves of really what they're carrying, which is their own shame. When Joseph really let it go the first time, and he's letting it go again, and he even says, I'm going to take care of you no matter what. Your children, you, your children's children, The title of today's message is When Doubt Drifts Back. When Doubt Drifts Back. Isn't it funny how no matter how much we grow forward in Christ, we get those little thoughts from the past that creep back in. Does anybody else have that happen or is it just me? Anybody? Me and Allison. Good. Good. We're growing. Let's grow together. You can be the most confident person in the world in what you know well, and as soon as something falls in your plate that you're not used to, guess what happened? Doubt drifts back. I was really good until my kid gave me that look. Am I a bad dad now? I mean, it's just like a trigger. Did you know dads can just start crying out of nowhere on a couch because they, they forgot what their kid even said to them? Like, I know that sounds silly, but... It's those moments of vulnerability you can let doubt drift back in all the way back to like your childhood baggage, like the playground stuff, you know, Vincent? And um, we can do that. And those old habits will still linger at times in our mind. And if we're not careful, that instinct is to fall back to what we knew then. Go back to that again. Well, next year. In the case of Joseph's brothers, Though they were grateful for the mercy they had been given by Joe, they still didn't trust him. 
Did they have any reason not to trust Joseph? Did Joseph do anything ever to show? I thought I saw a cat run by. It was a shadow. I don't like cats. I'm allergic. Cat. <laughs> Michelle had three when we got married. Well, no, when we were dating. And then it was like proposal time. Them or me? I won. Thank goodness. But I wasn't sure. Joseph never did a thing to not trust his brother. I mean, excuse me. Joseph never did anything to his brothers to cause them to have this fear they're carrying, right? But they still didn't trust him. So why is that? The trust issue here is not because of anything Joseph did, but it's rather them not able to see past their past deceptive ways that they just committed again. So now they are fearful, even when forgiveness has come upon them repeatedly, here they are fabricating another lie to the Lord. Ultimately, Joseph is working on behalf of God. Therefore, when you've done it to them, my children, you've done it to me, says the king. So here they are again, spiritually touched, growing a bit, but still falling back to their old ways. Are you hanging on to something God forgot about? That's a question for you. I do sometimes, and I got to remind myself, God forgot about it. Are you defending against a case that is no longer in session, and God has not only acquit your past, but he's given you the ability to quit, acquit the behavior that led to the past? Oh, that's good. I should write that down. Oh, I did. It's right here. God not only forgave you, but he gave you a way out of doing it again. So what do you do? Well, you go back. We, we, it's a group thing. Go back, people, people thing. Go back to the thing again. Debbie, for me, it's a lot of times, it's a battle up here. Stinking thinking. We've talked about this. Does anybody else ever have their mind send send the, the fear of doubt back in? Because of something so silly. Maybe it's because you're just tired and your ability to logic was, was silly. And then you woke up the next day and go, yeah, that was silly. What do we do when doubt drift, drifts back in? When doubt drifts back? Well, they were scared because they carried such a weight of shame. I mean, it was horrible what they did. Awful, wretched the worst, catastrophically bad. So what do they do? They fabricated a new lie to still try to protect themselves. When it never works to lie, it never works to withhold. It may hurt, it may hurt a little bit up front because you're honest with somebody, but when you really love them, you tell them the truth. And that actually nurtures the wound over time. But suppressing it and dodging it and avoiding it with, with artificial facade just, just lets the, the garden go worse, and eventually that thing's going to show for itself. So, so what they did was foolish and a sign of their spiritual immaturity that after all this, they still were fighting their old ways. Man, that sounds like me. That sounds like a lot of people, I'm sure. It's, it's a battle when doubt drifts back in. Their guilt was still there, and they fell back to it once again. They let the guilt make the decision. The trust issue was in themselves. It's because they, they know they're not trustworthy, so now they don't trust other people. The sketchy one is the one who don't trust nobody. Sometimes. So have you ever been in that position? 
that you feared someone changing their mind about you? I have. My wife. When I was dating, I'm like, well, soon she's going to figure out I got, I got problems. I'm like, you know, I got, I got issues, Rusty. Why would she love me? And then she did anyway. And I was like, this, this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true. I had such a battle within that I would not let, let the relationship win. I was trying to sabotage it to find a problem so I could say, see, I told you so. Anybody ever done that? It's a setup for, for self-sabotage. Okay. That's what they were doing. They couldn't handle that they were finally forgiven and finally going to be taken care of by their brother, that, that it was purely grace that Joseph would do that. And they couldn't handle that because of their own past. And so they were finding a way to break it back to the way it was through self-sabotage. And we, we do that. We do that. We find a way to take it ugly again. How many know somebody that no matter how great the day was, when you walk in the room, they start talking about the ugliest thing and they bring the volume back down to that thing again? Anybody? It's because they've trained themselves in, in complacency for that. That's normal. And if it's, if it's beyond that, it's like they can't allow themselves to go past that because it's almost like a self-doubt thing. If we tell, we're, tell ourselves we're not good enough to receive what God is giving us, how can we utilize the provision he's put in us? We'll squander. We'll waste it in the famine. There's, it's scarce. It's like the STL pipeline. It's scarce. They say save your gas for your furnace. Use some electric. Like It's about efficiency. And if God gives you something and you won't ever capitalize on it because you're fearful of your own self, you're not really trusting God. God, just send me this. Okay, I did. Quit doubting and failing what I'm sending because you think there's going to be a reason it should fail. That's the devil's lie. If I blessed it, why would it fail? Well, God, have you been through Arona? Have you been through Arona, God? God said, yeah, I have, actually, and a lot more. Okay, and he, Zorro snaps that thing. Who remembers the living color? Anybody? It was good, wasn't it? Especially when Jim Carrey was on there. So good. Fire Marshal Bill. So good. Wayne's Brothers. Oh, I can't even repeat some of the jokes they did, but it was funny. We fall back. We fall back. God isn't looking to change his mind about you after he's already forgiven you. He's looking for you to change your mind about him. How silly can we be that we we bring God down to our box? God doesn't live in a box of our mind of understanding. I've preached it a million times, and I'll preach it again because we forget stuff as people. But God is spiritual, not sensual. And if we can't define God by what he's confounded to with our senses, we say it's not possible. God says, I'm spiritual. I'm spirit. I operate outside the box. I make the box. And my box has no limits. So God is wanting you to change your mind about him through trust and quit saying that he's going to change your mind about you because of your past. That's what they did. They're living in fear. They can't accept forgiveness, so they're shaming themselves again through deception. What will you do when doubt drifts back? Joseph, on the other hand, he had plenty of reason 
to not love them, to cut them off, to never speak to them again. He had every practical 2021 reason to have the, the two friends say, yeah, that's what I would do. Like he had the reason to do it, but what did he do? Not that. Because grace was bigger. Why? Because Joseph was a vision seeker. He didn't even see what was on the surface. How many remember at the theater? I said, it's full in here. Anybody remember that? They're like, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. It's packed in here. Oh, and there's another service at 10. And He's crazy. No. It's seeing the vision. Now, you could be crazy with it. Don't go too far. You got to be a little realistic, guys. Keep it in the box. No, God says the vision is, is the whole thing, not just what's on the surface. And so in that moment, when Joseph could have been mad to his brothers, what did he say? He said, no, it was God's will that God do this so that we could feed and save lives. Thank you for putting a ring on my finger and the dubs under my car. I'm a baller now. Thank you, brothers. Did you remember they changed his outfit? They gave him the nicest carriage or whatever they used back then. The Audi R8 carriage, the Lambo carriage, the flip door carriage. No, that wouldn't be Jesus-like. I don't know. How do you know Jesus didn't drive a Lambo? Does anybody really know? It's a joke, guys. Come on. Come on. Can we laugh in church? We got to laugh in church. The world is too serious. The people that don't, that, that, that are really uptight up on the social media and you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't. Where, where are they? They're at home right now. Come to church. Let's talk about it in person. Well, I don't know about that. You know, like, 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 let's be real and raw, like in Unify this morning, you know? Like, that's real love. We were making some jokes out there, and it was, it was funny. Um, because we're family, and we, we joke, but Joseph still loved them as his brothers because they were flesh and blood, DNA. But this wasn't about that. It was nothing about what they did to him. It was about the vision. Thank you, God, says Joseph. So when you feel knocked down because of the persecution that you've been through and it's not going the way you, you, you want right now, you can thank God because of the vision. If God touched it, it's blessed. You may be broken to that blessing. That's what Joseph was. He was broken to it. He had to get ugly for it to get to the blessing. And he knew that. But they projected their own shame and how Joseph would treat them. And shame can make us doubt God, but God is without shame. So how can we apply an adjective to God when he is not capable of acting on it? See, it's a broken formula. That's, a, that's the devil's lie. He said devil. Yeah, that's the, the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, whatever cultural appropriate name you want to use to describe the little man in the garden with the, you know, the, I don't know. We call him the enemy, the devil. The Bible says, try the spirits that you know which are of God. That means there's, there's, there's godly spirit and there's opposing, which is not of God. And there's, they're, they're opposing. If they're not of God, they're opposing. And so that's what we're battling here. It's a spiritual world. We're just in it with our flesh. What will you do when doubt drifts back? Shame can make us doubt, but again, God is without shame. And 
The brothers had to have this moment also. This is repentance before our very eyes. You don't hear that word anymore. It's like, like, well, it's in the Bible, you know. It's, it's in the Bible. We share the Bible. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, and, 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 and this was their moment. They broke before him. Even in their lie, they broke before him. And, and really, I think it was repentance that was on their heart. They were cut at the heart, but they're confused by their past. So they didn't know how to like go forward. Have you ever met somebody that is so starving for change, even addicted, that they don't know how to go forward, but you can tell they're hungry for something new? They're stuck in it. That's what the brothers were. They were stuck in it. And that's why we're called to be the light of the world, just like Joseph was being the light to his brothers, that we have to be the, 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 the engine of change to those people, the mechanism for change. And see that in the need and offer them Jesus. And they won't always understand that. That's why we demonstrate it more than just say it. Because if we say it and don't demonstrate it, now we become that church, just like that church, my old church, like that thing. No, we want to really be the church outside the walls. Wake up, Jake. Thank you. (laughs) What did he do? Joseph let go and lift up God. Verse 19 says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid, am I in the place of God? He knows God is driving the ship. Am I God, says Joseph? No, that's why Joseph succeeded, because he knew was in control. Can you do some jumping jacks, buddy? We can do some right now. I'll do them with you. Okay, we just say it like it is here, one seat church. He, he's my nephew. I can, I can do it like that to him. <laughs> Wait till I tell your mother. No, I'm just kidding. Joseph had to choose. Was he going to let go of this and lift up the name of Christ, lift up God in this situation, or hate his brothers back to be just like them? He was letting go and lifting up. He had to choose, and he knew the vision was bigger than his past. If y'all could stand this morning. The vision was bigger than your past. You didn't come to church by accident. It's because the vision is bigger than, than the past. God needs you. God needs us. When the world thinks it's insignificant, we have to show the world it's very significant. And and when the famine comes, guess who they're going to call? God's people. They're going to call God's people. But when you've got a belly full of fast food and you think you feel good until a few days later and you get sick, that's when you're going to call God's people. Isn't White Castle so good at first? Everybody makes an ooh face at once. I guess I'm losing that that vote. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? There has to be a need for people to know they need to be fed. And so what we have to do as the church is stand out in some way. And, And the only real way to stand out is complete, authentic, Joseph-like, genuine grace and love for anybody that comes through the doors or anybody we see at Starbucks in the drive-thru that's taking too long with their order. I gotta love them too. 
Don't get your kids Frappuccinos. They're a ripoff and you'll leave paying $30 when you just wanted the $2 coffee every trip home. Yeah, they got kids Frappas, no caffeine. Don't go there. It's the devil. But we're supposed to take it out into the world. We're not supposed to go have the church and then see you next Sunday and I'll go back to doing my thing and party on the weekdays, church on the... No, nothing like that. Like my life is a party for Jesus. When I got up this morning and I get in my car at 6 a.m., my neighbor's sleeping, it's freezing. I turn it on, I forgot I had the volume blasting of whatever worship, and it's like, bong. And I'm like, they just think I'm probably crazy because every time they hear it, it's Jesus music. Like Joy FM, a little YouTube music, a little Belonging Co., a little Hillsong, a little, now the bones begin to rattle November 14th. Like, whatever. I'm saying it doesn't leave here and stay here. It goes with us everywhere we take it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. People need joy. Yesterday we were making this video for something coming up with church. And uh, actually for the first time I had Michelle in the video and the kids for something and it was nothing important. And, um, and uh, we were outside in a public place dancing in the parking lot in front of a lot of traffic. <laughs> I, I forgot, excuse me, I'm choking. <clears throat> I forgot about the, um, the cars and they started honking. <laughs> so I was like, woo, you know, we're just being really dumb. And, and Michelle's like really pregnant. So all she could do was like one of these. I'm like, is that the best rhythm you got? She's like, I'm having a baby. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, you know, you couldn't dance before that though. Come on. And, and we were just messing around, you know, and then the kids were out there and, and it was really cool because it was just authentic stupidity for the moment. Cameron was there. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> and the car started honking. You know why? Because they thought it was cool because it brought them a moment separate from the thing they were thinking about driving down the street, about the guy who was on their bumper or, or about, about the man holding them down with their job, not getting the salary they wanted because, because they're, not, they're working overtime or like whatever. Like it was a moment of interception and that's what the light of the world does. It intercepts the problems and the pain and brings Jesus in there and shows people God is bigger than it and better. And that's how you find fulfillment is you give that. You give it away. We let it go and we lift him up. We let him go, and we lift him up. Vision seekers trust from the beginning what God showed in the field. What God put in your dream was meant to come alive and flourish for his glory. If you have a dream today that God put in your heart, don't give up on your dream, just keep plowing. You know how many no's you're gonna hear before you hear a, a yes? Just look at the KFC man. A thousand no's before someone accepted his recipe. A thousand no's. How many are willing to hear a thousand no's before you get the one yes that changes the rest of your eternity? But the thing with God is he's never saying no to begin with. It just takes time. That's what's good about God. If it's in his will, it just takes time. It's so much easier to work for God and live for God than it is for people because people change their mind about you, but God doesn't. 